Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It has been a week of thinking about the future for China. One set of policymakers has announced what China's economy should look like in 15 years, while another set of people announced what kind of cars we will all be buying in China in 2035. And if you are currently based outside of China and your future plans involved visiting the country anytime soon, it might be harder as new restrictions are brought in to halt the spread of COVID-19. With all the important news and without the aid of a crystal ball, here is what's been happening in the world of business this week. The biggest business story this week has to be China's long-term economic targets. China's top leaders have approved an economic and social blueprint for the coming five years that emphasizes quality growth over rapid expansion and prioritizes domestic demand and technological independence in the face of rising external challenges. The broad outline of the country's 14th five-year plan covering 2021 to 2025 was released by the Communist Party on Thursday. The four-day policy meeting also set a goal of GDP per capita reaching the level of moderately developed countries by 2035. That means China effectively aims to reach GDP per capita levels similar to those of South Korea, Israel, or Spain over the next 15 years. In 2019, the GDP per capita of these three countries was between 35,000 and 40,000 US dollars, compared with China's $10,261. In other long-term news, virtually all new cars sold in China in 2035 will be either hybrids or new energy vehicles, a blueprint for the domestic industry estimates, predicting that the sector will see strong long-term growth despite a dip in sales last year. According to the Technology Roadmap released by the Society of Automotive Engineers in China and the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology on Tuesday, NEVs, new energy vehicles, and hybrid electric vehicles will each account for about 50% of total new sales 15 years from now. 
In financial news, a Caixin exclusive has revealed that it looks like China may be getting ready to scrap a key element of the way it sets the daily reference rate for the yuan, known as the countercyclical factor, according to sources with knowledge of the matter. It's unclear whether the move will be permanent, but even a temporary suspension indicates that authorities are prepared to give up some control over the yuan-dollar exchange rate and give the market a much bigger role in deciding the value of the Chinese currency. With banks having more room to submit quotes for a weaker fixing and guide the currency lower in the spot market. Also in financial news, China's stock exchange regulators published revised rules Friday to give foreign investors more leeway to adjust their investments in the country's capital market as China continues expanding investment access for foreigners. Under the guidelines, exchange regulators will publish warnings when total foreign shareholding in a single domestically listed company reaches 24% rather than the previously higher proportion of 26%. China caps overall foreign ownership in a single listed company at 30% while limiting each foreign shareholder to no more than 10% of a listed business. The change will give foreign investors more time to adjust their portfolios to avoid trading interruptions. As COVID-19 cases have risen in certain places in the world, China has tightened requirements for travelers from a number of countries by demanding proof of negative antibody tests in addition to nucleic acid tests. Chinese embassies in the US, the UK, France, Italy, Poland, and several other European and American countries published statements that China is requiring inbound travelers to present negative coronavirus antibody tests as well as nucleic acid tests before boarding flights to the country. A Chinese state company employee in the UK said the new rule makes it almost impossible to take connecting flights back to China and the number of direct flights remains limited. In international news, China said it has signed more debt freeze deals with poorer nations and is pushing for closer cooperation between the world's biggest economies in a bid to ease the fiscal burden of countries wrestling with the coronavirus pandemic, according to Bloomberg. In addition, Chinese non-official lenders have also granted holidays to struggling debtor nations in line with the terms of the Group of 20 Leading Economies Debt Service Suspension Initiative, the ministry said. The statement comes two weeks after the G20 finance ministers and central bankers convene for an extraordinary meeting to discuss the next phase of the global debt relief drive. And finally, a man wrongfully imprisoned for 27 years for murder has been awarded a record-breaking sum of compensation by the High People's Court of Jiangxi Province. Zhang Yuhuan has received 4.96 million yuan, approximately $739,000, after a court found his conviction was based on, quote, unclear facts and insufficient evidence, unquote. Zhang said he is planning to buy houses for each of his two sons and to use the remainder for his pension. Let's turn now to one of Caixin Global's ace reporters for a deep dive into the big, big story this week. I want to welcome Tang Ziyi to the show. Zi covers the economy and the world of finance for Caixin Global. Zi, you're probably the best person we could be talking to about this. Uh, one of the biggest stories dominating businesses in China is, of course, the highly anticipated IPO of Ant Group, Ant Financial, which is set to become the biggest IPO ever. 
Ad Group's grand debut in Shanghai and Hong Kong is just around the corner. So tell us what's what's going on. Hi, Kaiser. Great to be here. It is exciting news. Ad Group probably is not a household name to many foreign listeners, but most people know Ad Group because it owns Alipay. It is no exaggeration to say that Alipay is the major force. That has helped drive the cashless revolution in China. Anyone who has been to China knows that cash has almost died out, and trying to pay with cash will give you a bit of a confused look. People in China use two apps, one of which is AliPay, which lets you pay by scanning the QR codes of vendors. And the IPO prospectus showed that more than 730 million people are using the app every month. To put this in context, PayPal had 346 million active users as of end of June. And of course, using the app to pay for things is just one function of AliPay. What makes the app even more useful is that it hosts a series of other financial services. Using the app, people can take out small loans, invest their savings, and buy health and life insurance. So, Z, how are investors in the market reacting to the listing? I hear it's quite oversubscribed, no? Yeah, so the dual listing is widely expected and is set to give a powerful boost to both markets at a time when the global outlook is clouded by the COVID-19 pandemic. Ant Group is estimated to have a market cap of around 314.5 billion U.S. dollars. Which will account for about 40% of the total value of listings on Shanghai's Nasdaq-style high-tech board after the offering. So、uh, investors are showing enthusiasm to the blockbuster listing and bids for the retail portion of Ant Group's listing in Shanghai totaled a record 19 trillion yuan on Thursday, exceeding supply by more than 872 times, according to the fintech giant. Industry insiders have estimated that more than 1.5 million mom and pop investors in Hong Kong ended up subscribing to the Hong Kong part of the dual listing, which broke the record for Industry and Commercial Bank of China's IPO in the city in 2006. So, a 314.5 billion dollar market cap and 40 percent of the high tech board total market cap. Wow, listeners, tap that rewind button a couple times and let those figures just sink in.、Uh, what does the future hold next, though, Z for Ant Group? Yeah, to a certain degree, Ant's rapid development during the past decades is、uh, in a large part due to the benefits that the fintech company has not been subject to the same stringent regulatory requirements as traditional financial institutions. And it has launched businesses that traditional financial institutions are not allowed to. However, regulators are set to roll out stricter policies in near future, as many people worried that rampant development of highly leveraged online lending adds to uncontrollable risks to China's financial system. A major driver for Ant's profit growth engine has been its. Online lending business, 
So given the incoming stricter regulation in future, many people fear that could threaten Ant's future growth. So uh, with that said, in my opinion, I think Ant may find a way out to work around any new regulatory policy changes that it might face. After all, after all those years of development, the company is no longer just an ant, but has grown into a giant elephant in China's financial system. <laughs> That's quite the image and a very appropriate metaphor. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join me here, Z, and uh, we hope to have you back on. Thanks, Kaiser. Thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on Sup China. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Sup China Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.